Good morning. I, uh, a minute ago I was stepped out to go to the bathroom, and I'm not gonna tell you a story about the bathroom, but I, uh, I was I was singing still really loud on my way out, and uh, and then I didn't realize how loud I was singing until I opened the bathroom door, and then the echo hit me in the bathroom, and I realized I was singing really loud right by myself. So that, that was pretty. I had no point to that story; it just hit me, and I was on. But I, uh, you know what? You know, I noticed just this morning is that. Um, Rob was his usual level of greatness this morning, you know, no, no better, no worse, right? And then uh, God is, is good, as always. Um, but this morning, man, I just found myself in the front row just full of praise. And, um, but I woke up this morning, and, and even before we began, just said, God, just, I just pray that you would fill me with praise. You know, I, I want to I just step in there today and not think about, you know, the sermon that I'm about to preach or whatever else is on. I just want to praise you. And um, and then I did that today. And so I don't know, I don't pray that every week, but I just begin to notice that the difference is with me. And um, again, no real point to that story, it was just on my heart. Um, I uh, Another thing, uh, my sister's here today, so front row. Yeah, right. She's excited to be called out. Um, I, I'm always trying to get her to come down. She's never really coming, you know. And then I'm like, hey, it's Chris's birthday this weekend. And she was like, done, I'm down. So that was, thanks for that. That's middle child problems for me. Um, pray for her. She's um, maybe, possibly, I don't know how sure it is, but going to go on a mission trip this summer and help and do some, uh, like a vacation Bible school and, and, and some other things. And so begin to pray for her as she kind of, you know, finds some money for that and begins to pray about what she's going to do there and prepares for that and all that kind of stuff. And also just love her a lot and make her feel like it's so awesome here that in two and a half years or two years so when she graduates from college, she wants to move here. So um, let's begin that process now. So my brother's coming back again, and he's graduating this year, and so we're trying to – I'm going to have my whole family down here, so I need you guys to pitch in on that. So anyway, there we go. Not yet. Wait till we're done. Um, Lastly, before I get – this one just hit me. As a lover of awesome socks – you know, because, I mean, I'm always wearing some kind of fun socks, right? Um, you notice Rebecca's socks here. She's rocking some awesome socks this morning. So I'm, um, I love them. I love them. I love some colorful socks. So I just wanted to point some attention to that. Okay, I'm going to start preaching one of these days. Here we go. Can I ask you a question? What are you going to say? No, don't ask me questions. Um, question I have for you this morning. Uh, what do you want? What do you want? I would be willing to bet that it doesn't take you that long to formulate a really long list of things that you want. I could probably also ask you, what do you need? And very quickly, you can come up with a heck of a lot of things. And so sometimes people ask me questions and I have to think a long time about an answer, like, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, gosh, I don't know. And it takes me forever to try to decide where we're going to eat or where we're going to go out to eat. Those are things that I have to think about. But if you ask me what I want or what I need... Those things I can come up with pretty fast. And I can put together a huge list. And I bet if I went around the room, most of you guys could rattle off a list pretty quick. And and some of it would be like your your letter to Santa, you know, that, that some of this stuff is realistic, you know, and you may actually have a chance at getting it. And some of it's going to be like, you know, the go-kart you wished for when you were four, you know, that you're definitely not getting. Some of it's going to be things you are absolutely not going to get, but you could, you could put off a list of all the things that you want. Here's something that I want. Tiffany, I'll put a picture of something in there. You see that picture? There we go. 
When I was 12, this shoe came out. Anybody recognize this shoe? Anybody right in the middle of the game? These are the uh, these are Griffies. So Griffey, uh, King Griffey Jr. came out with a line of shoes. And these are actually called, I didn't know this, these are the Nike Air Griffey Max 2s. Nike Air Griffey Max 2s. I was 12 years old when these came out. I had a pair of Reeboks. So I had a pair of Reebok shoes. And uh, I'm sorry if you're wearing Reeboks today. They weren't cool then, and they're not really that cool now, right? Um, so I was not excited about having Reeboks. And look, I got Reebok stuff now because now I don't care what people think of me, and it's a little cheaper. But back then, I really cared what people thought about me, and I did not want to wear these Reeboks. So I went all in. These were on the top of my list. I asked for them for Christmas. I did not get them. Uh, I continued to ask for them constantly uh, uh, all the way around to my birthday, which was like almost a year later. I asked for these things. Anytime they asked me what I wanted, this is what I asked for. I'll never forget. Um, I finally, you know, they told me I, got, I was going to get them because I had to try them on. But, but we waited. They, they, were, they were in the box. And, uh, and, and it's, it's like, you know, I don't remember. If it was, I think it was my birthday. But uh, I began to, like, rip the paper open, and I'm super excited, and I get them out. And, uh, and, they, and they're just beautiful, you know. And I'm like, oh, I finally have some cool shoes. And, uh, and then I, what I really remember is putting them on and being like, dang, I hate these shoes. And I wanted them so bad for the whole year. And I looked at pictures of them, and my friends had them, and I wanted them so bad. But I put them on, and they looked so bad on me. These are like big shoes. They're really tall, and I was really short. And they literally probably came up like halfway up my shin. I couldn't hardly walk in them, and they were awful. And I wanted to love them. I just wanted to love them, but I just looked so terrible in them. And with my short legs and my Reebok shorts, and I was just not cool looking. And I, I, I wished for them for so long, and, and I hated them. I wore my old shoes for a whole nother year, and I had to dodge questions from my mom about why I wasn't wearing my new shoes. Sometimes I'd wear them, and then I'd put them in my backpack and put my Reeboks back on. Um, you guys ever had something like that? Not have you ever bought a pair of like Griffies, but have you ever had something like that? You put it on the top of your list. You asked for it. You wanted it. Uh, it was everything that you asked for. Um, maybe some guy or some girl that never lives up, right? Um, something like that, and yet it's, it's all you wanted. And then when you finally got it, you realized this was not all that I thought it was going to be. This is not every, I just, I had such lofty expectations, and it's just not that. Um, I want to tell you that your priorities, like the things you put at your top of your list, you know, the things you always ask for, the things that are the most important to you, your priorities is totally based on what you want. So there are a lot of things that you want, and you order your priorities in the order of things that you want. Uh, here's how it works. Your priorities are based on what you want. And what you want is based on your values. So when you value something, then, then it drives your wants, and then you set the list of, of things that you care about and things you pay attention to in the order of that. The only problem with the whole system is, let's be honest, we don't really know what we want. And there are some things that I want regularly, and then I get it, and I'm like, no, this is not what I wanted. I wanted this, but I wanted it to be different. We don't really know what we want and, and on top of that, we're not really sure what we value. And we never really stop to examine our values. Hey, there's a lot of feedback here. Should I switch? 
You guys are always yelling at me when I don't switch. Okay, I'm going to keep this one. Um, so here's the thing. Jesus had a half-brother. His name was James. James was pretty skeptical of, of his little baby brother. If your baby brother ran around saying that he was God, you'd probably be skeptical too. Um, but he lived his whole life, and, and, and his brother never did anything wrong, ever. And, and then um, that was pretty convincing. But then after that, his, uh, his little brother um, died and, and rose again from the dead. And then after that, he started walking through doors that weren't open. And, and so all of that was enough for James to say, okay, Maybe maybe this is real. And James began to be a Jesus follower, um, a brother follower. And, uh, and James wrote this letter, the, the book of James. So we're going to be in James chapter 4. James wrote this letter, and it's the very first, it's the oldest thing you see in the New Testament. So he wrote this before the Gospels were there, before any of that was there. And, and maybe because of the proximity that he had to Jesus, right? He had this ability to, to write this letter because, man, he had such close access so he writes this letter, and it's the oldest letter in the New Testament canon. And, and what I love about this book is it's just so immensely practical. It, unlike, you know, if you read Romans, Romans is kind of up here in the clouds, and, and, and sometimes you're like, I don't really get what all he's saying. He's getting real, real theological. Uh, but James, totally practical, real down to earth, which, which I, I think that I kind of try to be, and maybe I'm just not smart enough to be any deeper than that. But, but, but that's how James is written. And, and in chapter 4 in James, he finally gets to this thing about priorities. And so we talked about priorities last week, and we're doing it for a few weeks. Uh, and, and what he talks about is the outcome of misplaced priorities. And what kind of begins to happen when we want things for ourselves that aren't as good or don't measure up to the things that God wants for us. So James chapter 4, verse 1, that's where he jumps into that. James chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. It says, What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get that either. So you fight and you wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only, you want only what will give you pleasure. Let me pray. God, we, uh, we thank you for your word. And we just thank you for the... the the truth that it teaches. May, may today, may you teach us and show us just exactly what you want us to know. Amen. Uh, here's what I think he's saying in the very beginning of this thing. I think he's saying that misplaced priorities lead to all kinds of things like fear and anxiety and frustration and, and, and maybe even depression. And all those things, not every time, but often are based in some misplaced priorities. Because that's where the outward expression begins. When you do something that you don't like, it usually began with some sort of an internal battle. You ever ask your, your spouse or maybe your children or a roommate or just somebody that you live with, and you ask them a pretty simple question, and then they fire back. They have this response that's like full of fire and feels kind of unrelated to the question that you just asked, and you feel like you just kind of got attacked. That ever happened to anybody? Maybe you do that all the time. And, and the truth of it is, you just come in and you say something like, hey, are you hungry? And, and they respond with, I just want to come in and sit down for five minutes. And you're like, you know, and, and you got no idea where any of that's coming from. But that didn't just start with your question, right? And when you fire back like that, it didn't just start in that moment. It's been kind of boiling up inside. 
and, and you've been thinking about something. And so any question that you could at all relate to the thing that's bothering you, that's when you lashed out. Because there's this sort of internal battle that boils up within us. And, and when the things that we want don't line up with the things that we're getting, that's when this battle kind of begins inside. And sometimes for my wife, it's the fact that I leave dishes out and, and cups get like really hard rings inside of them. And she just wants clean cups and, and she's not getting that. And sometimes the wants are just as simple as that. And sometimes they're a heck of a lot deeper. The idea of it's kind of like this. this. This internal battle and this fear and this anxiety and this frustration from misplaced priorities, it kind of comes like this. Sometimes, um, and, and I, I would have known this before I had children. Again, I apologize for all the, every analogy is about children. I just, I don't have time to think about anything else. But um, uh, sometimes it works like this. You prioritize your children maybe because you, you grew up one way and, and you, there was something not so good about the way that you grew up or some parts of it that you didn't particularly like. And so you prioritize your children because you don't want them to have it the same. And so their safety and their security and their education and all those different kind of things are things that matter a lot to you. They are your top priority. And they're right at the top. And so anything that would threaten that has got to go. And so you'll, you'll forego church for tutoring, you know, or if that happens every Sunday on a Sunday, you'll, you'll do anything for your children. You'll forego anything for them. You'll move to a new house in a new area to get in a different school area so you can send your kid to the best school. You won't move to certain areas because there aren't good schools there. Like you make Every decision is based on primarily what's good for my children. But yet... God may call some of us to be missionaries. And man, a lot of times where you get called to be missionaries, they don't have great schools. And your kids inevitably won't have access to all the things they would have had access to otherwise. And now there's this real thing where God wants something from you, but you want something different for yourself or for your children. And the war begins to be waged within you between what's most important to you and what you feel like you need to do. And so even sometimes we prioritize good things, but they don't need to be number one and they don't need to be at the top and we start to have this internal battle. Sometimes the things that we want for our children, when we prioritize our children, sometimes even our own marriage gets in the way. And, 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 and you're, you, you, know, you feel like, and, and incorrectly, but you feel like sometimes I have to make a choice between my, my marriage and, and my spouse and, and my children. And so that starts, all those things start to wage war kind of inside of you. And, and, you, and you start to feel anxiety and you start to feel depression. You start to have some fear about the future. And, and the problem is you've got all these big problems and they're welling up inside of you and you don't know how to solve them because, because your priorities are not where they should be and they're kind of mixing up. And the problem is you have all these problems that you absolutely cannot solve. And there are all these things in your brain that you don't know how to deal with. And then what happens is our children grow up, and, and man, even at a young age, they get these really annoying things called a mind of their own. Anybody ever heard of one of those? And people around you get these minds of their own, and, and, and sometimes your spouse even has the audacity to have that, and, and sometimes your, your friends have the audacity to, to do that, or people you work with, and, and so you spent so much time prioritizing this relationship or that relationship, only to find out that you don't have that much control over the other person. 
And so, man, you're just, this war is waging inside of you between what you can control and what you can't control. And you've prioritized this control, but you, you can't control it. And that's when these things begin to well up inside of us. And that's exactly what James tells. You can insert in the blank whatever you're prioritizing and whatever you're valuing more than you're valuing God, and you can rest assured that there will be some sort of internal battle waged over that that you're not equipped to deal with. James even goes a little bit bit further than that. And he says, even further than that, there's an internal battle, but the bad thing about it is it doesn't stay inside. And so as if the thing that's happening inside wasn't bad enough, it doesn't stay there. You want to know what happens? You want to know why there's murder around you? You want to know why there's war around you? And right, this is the question I get all the time. You know, if God is real, why, why are these things happening? And we're not going to dig into every piece of that today. But I will say that misplaced priorities lead to murder and they lead to war. And I could insert a ton of things in there. And, all, and most of the things that you see around you that seem bad are the result in the beginning of some sort of a misplaced priority. I had this student. He, was a, he had made some mistakes along the way, came to school, um, started really doing great. And uh, he was working super hard. Um, he, he took my class, finished it, got the credential. Uh, we, we plugged him into this new thing, and he was, he was doing everything really, really well. Um, about halfway through, kind of, he was taking the second part of my class, and he kind of um, got into just, just a little bit of trouble. It wasn't anything that serious, but he, then he started missing a little bit of school, kind of had a fight with somebody, didn't want to see this person, and so he got really, really behind. Um, by the time he decided to get it together, you know, it was, it was really too late, uh, at least for that semester, so he had to retake the class again. Uh, retakes the class, started working really hard again, kind of got back on the wagon, retook the class, and, uh, and, and did well, uh, well enough that we were able to kind of get him into something else in a new program. And, um, and so he's doing, he was doing that, he was doing super well, and he's actually getting close to graduation, and uh, we got him in this great internship that's going to lead to a job, and uh, just to... Great situation, and he's this kid is at, at 18 is making more money than both of his parents combined, you know, and which was just unreal. And he's just doing really great. And then all that comes around, and um, and then I, I I hear that he's kind of missing a lot of days in this new program, and um, and then he's totally gone. And and then come to find out, he's gotten involved in this minor drug charge, and so he's been having to do. You know, it's a weird system that we have to go do some days in jail, and then you come out, and then you go back. But now he's kind of got mixed up in all this, and so now he's lost this opportunity again. And so now he's working again to pick up the pieces, um, but consistently just makes it harder and harder for himself. And uh, I sit there and talk to him, and there's definitely a battle going on inside, and and it is about what he really wants. Um, And that battle is beginning to flesh out outside of him, and it just, and every time that battle wells up, it's just uglier the next time around. You could insert 100,000 different people in our city in this exact scenario. Uh, You could change you know, what the problem is, and you could put me in there, and you could probably put you in there, and all these things are happening in all of our lives. You see, his problem is, on the one hand, he knows that progress is slow. And, and at first, I was making no money, and I had to work really hard, and I couldn't really see the future, and then, and then progress came a little bit at a time. And he knows that, and he knows that he's got to work hard, and he's got to stay at it, and he's got to be disciplined. But then the other side says, I'd really like some immediate satisfaction. 
and I'd really like all the things that I want right now. And so there's this battle between what he wants and, and what he wants. And, and the good thing that he prioritizes and the other thing that he prioritizes. And that battle wages out like this. And, and, and hopefully, you know, this doesn't end up in, in something really ugly like, like murder. Like I had a, another student a few years ago and, and that is how it ended. You know, these things that I want right now led to a theft, which led to a retaliation, which led to somebody getting killed. And, and, but it all comes back to somebody saying, I'm going to make a decision that's all based on me with no regard for anybody else. That's what war is, right? On the part of the protagonist, uh, war says, somebody says, there's something that I want, that I don't need, that doesn't belong to me, that I can only get if I take it forcefully. And so there's something that somebody wants, and then there's something that's right, and there's a war there, and there's a battle there, and then that battle starts to be fleshed out in, the, in real life. And that's where all these things that we hate to see around us, man, it all comes back to these misplaced priorities. The road for us hopefully, doesn't lead and and likely doesn't lead to murder or war and we don't wield that kind of influence and those aren't the things that are going to happen around us, but it absolutely will end in something that you don't want and in something that you would not like to happen to you. And And it absolutely is headed in that way and some of you guys are feeling some of those effects right now. And some of you guys can look in the rearview mirror and look at things that have happened not that long ago and say that's definitely what that was. And until I, I kind of figured out what my priorities were and what things were important, it wasn't until then that I kind of got past some of those things. So do this with me, all right? Take your finger, all right? Take your finger. Come on, play, just play along, all right? And point it at yourself. I was listening to a message. It was on this, this, uh, this particular chapter, and this guy did this, and I was like, oh, man, that makes me feel bad. I'm glad my wife isn't watching. But anyway, um, point it at yourself. Don't point it at people around you. Um, you have this, we have this tendency to want to point it at everybody else, right, when there's a problem. Don't mentally point it to someone who's not here, but you feel like is usually at fault. But point it at yourself. And, um, and, and here's what happens. So, uh, like this past week, Jess and I, we had this argument, and um, she's not in here, so I can tell you the true story about what happened. <laughs> um, but we had this argument this past week, and, uh, and we're just, just kind of going back and forth at one another, and it's not a loud, out loud argument, but you can just feel there's tension all the time. And this would have been super helpful during that time. All right, so point that finger at yourself and say this. Say, the real, even if you're not doing it in person, you, you do it in your brain, okay? Uh, say, the real problem here is... Okay, you can say it to yourself, Rob. Um, no, okay. The real problem here is... I'm not getting what I want, right? I'm not getting what I want. Because isn't that usually how it goes? The real problem, especially for us, was, you know, I'm not getting what I want. Sometimes it's, I had a plan for you, and I'm not getting what I want. I had some dreams for you, I'm not getting what I want. I want all the dishes put up, I'm not getting what I want. And usually it's quite that simple. I'm just not getting what I want. And some of you would say, well, the, the real problem is I'm not getting what I deserve, you know. But the truth is you want what you deserve, right? So, so it's, it's really pretty much the same. It's usually based in I'm not getting what I want. I think I could have avoided a lot of conflict this past week if I had said, let me tell you what the real problem is. Well, you know, I'm just not getting what I want. 
And then I would realize, man, I'm such a child. And, and then we could move on a heck of a lot faster from those things. But that's what tends to happen to us, is we tend to get so caught up in the things that we want, and we prioritize our agenda. And, and whatever we were arguing about was nothing. I think it really was about me not putting my coffee cup in the sink. I mean, but it just it just went to this huge thing because I just there was something that I wanted and I prioritized winning this argument and being able to drink my coffee the way I want to. And that was my priority. I mean, what a silly top priority. Shouldn't the health of my marriage and being happy with my wife and her joy, shouldn't those things be top priority? No, I want to put my coffee cup down when I want to. Man. Uh, I'm not getting what I want is the source of most of the things that we don't like around us. As we kind of wind up, consider this. You'll prioritize what you really want. So the things that you want are going to find their way to the top of your priority list. You prioritize what you really want, and your wants are based on your values. So what I think you'll find is, is you'll say, I have... A few priorities. I got a long list, and, and I didn't really write them out, but it's kind of mental for me. I got a long list of priorities, and uh, one at the top, two, three, four, five, and I even got some things on there that I will never get to, but I feel like they should be on there, you know, like scrubbing the toilet, you know, things that you're like, this should happen, it should be on the list, but really I'll never do it. Some of us, it's reading our Bible. I mean, that, that's reality, right? I keep one in the house in the case that I may want to read it one day. Um, but So it's, it's on the priority list, but I'm not really getting to it completely. And we've got this whole list of priorities, and then we've got another pretty long list of wants. If I could just have everything that I wanted. But when we get all the way down to values, there's really just a few things that really drive us in our values. And, and everything else is kind of birthed out of those things that we want. So, so ask yourself these few questions, because hearing a few things that make sense to you doesn't do any good if you don't begin to ask yourself some questions as a result. So ask yourself this. Trace yourself back through all those levels and say, you know, what do I prioritize? Not what do I want to prioritize, but what do I really prioritize, you know? There are some weeks where I prioritize TV, because my brain is tired and it is my prerogative to get Molly in bed as soon as possible and everything done so I can just sit down. Um, what am I really prioritizing? What are the things that are coming at the top of the list? And then ask yourself, now what do I want? Why do I want to watch TV so bad? You know, I usually flip through the channels and go, man, we pay all this money for cable and nothing's on. Like, like what am I prioritizing? And, and what do I really want? And then keep going back to, why do I want that? Okay, well, why do I want that? And why do I want that? And just, just do yourself the favor of asking yourself a few questions and get back down to what you really value. Because the truth is, you'll never change what you prioritize. It's too instinctive. You can't say, I need to reorder my priorities. Because inevitably, the things that you want, you can say, I want to prioritize reading my Bible every day. Right? But, but that'll never happen. The things that are more important to you, the things that you want more, will creep above that every single time. You'll default back. But when it comes to what you want, here's the truth. You'll never get what you really want until you discover what you really value. You'll never get what you really want until you discover what you really value. As Jesus followers, I think we can take this just a step further. We recognize that Jesus came into the world not to point us to what we value most, but to point us to what is most valuable. And it just spoke volumes to me. Uh, Jesus came to the world not to point us to what we value most, but to point us to what is most valuable. I think you'll continue to find yourself centered in, in some conflict. 
Continue to find yourself with some anxiety. Continue to find yourself with all those things you don't like going on in your brain and going on around you and with warring passions and all that kind of stuff. You'll find all that in your life if you continue to have those misplaced priorities based in those wants that are based in those values that really aren't that valuable after all. So ask yourself the hard questions. What do I prioritize? What do I really want? And then what do I really value? This week, this is how that fleshed out for me. Um, Very simply, it just ended with me. And for all the things that I could have prayed, this is where I ended. I just had to say, as I got back to what I valued, man, I just realized that I do a lot of things because I value what people think of me. Um, I don't even like to admit that because it's kind of like, well, you know, I just like to be a person who doesn't care. But man, for some reason I do. I do a lot of things because I care a lot about what people think about me. But man, I don't want to find my value in how everyone else sees me. I want to know that I have value in Jesus. And, and so my prayer this week was just, God, may I just begin to recognize that my value is completely in you. I don't know how that fleshes out for you this week, but I know that it's been eye-opening for me. And for me, it's been, man, some things have to change because, man, I have been doing so much because I value something that's just not valuable at all. Let me pray. God, we we praise you for this morning. God, we praise you for this truth that you are what is most valuable. And our value is in you. And and so God, it doesn't we don't have to we don't have to live with these wants that we'll never really truly get and this sense of dissatisfaction if we'll just begin to say, God, first and foremost I value you. Now let everything else I do come out of that. And God, I pray that we would be people that would be faithful to live like that. Amen.